Hello and welcome to another Octal FM soundbite. I'm Gelada. And I'm Zephyrin. And today it's a new year. New Ooh. year, new us. No, new year, same us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same Octal FM. But, you know, we usually use this time to look back at our predictions or like our, you know, games that we were looking forward to for... 2021 for the previous mm-hmm. year and see what came true and what didn't come true and what were we right about and what were we wrong about and our predictions for the coming year will be out next week yes as well correct yeah so last year wow it's last year now like it's actually mm-hmm. the first of january when we were recording the it was episode 111 and we talked about a few games one of them was elite dangerous odyssey which was coming mm-hmm. out you know at some point we didn't know exactly a release date at that point um, but it is now out that has been not you know, a disappointment of, you know, it's been a thing. It has been yeah, a disappointment been, of 2021, I think for, yeah. for universally, I think has been a disappointment. Um, yeah. It's, it's been pretty much a, a pretty big letdown, unfortunately. Yeah. From many fronts too, like from a technical point of view for me is the weakest area of mm. it because unfortunately I just can't play it very well. Yeah. Like my computer is not like particularly old and outdated, mm. but it just struggles even on low settings. Yeah to even get anything like consistent frame rate. Yeah. Which was a particular burn for me because up until that point in all their marketing for Odyssey, as in when I was going to buy it ahead of its release, because I did, they very specifically said, don't worry, it will have exactly the same system requirements as Horizons, mm-hmm. which was the is the current iteration of the game as it before Odyssey was released. Mm. And that's a really good use because that means you just carry on playing, right? Well, that was that was a lie. Yeah. Like they massively increased the minimum uh, system specs and recommended system specs and even then it didn't make a jot of difference like you've got a significantly more powerful machine than i have and for a while even you struggled to get consistent frame rates yeah and they have improved it but there is still definitely problems and considering how it looks and the fact that it doesn't really look that much better than horizons like obviously no. it does look better but not massively i'm running a friggin rtx 3070 like yeah. like there's not there there isn't much more <laughs> you can no, go you up. can't get too much better than that and yet even still it struggles at and times and i can't run it on ultra i can run it on high but i still get moments of low frame rates you know sort mm. of 40s and things like that and that's only recent like it wasn't that long ago where sometimes randomly i would get like 20 frames a second in the station for no reason and so, that's also yeah. going without talking about anything else to do with the game play itself so mm. some of the lack of content that was supposed to be there that wasn't some of the instability within the net code oh, and the yeah. ability to interact with other players especially in a first person shooter environment which was the whole point of the game yeah has been pretty wonky but i'm thinking because we've got so much to say about this we might do a whole soundbite episode mm. on this at some point or another when we've got more time to talk about it i don't want to bore our listeners to death with more elite talk if possible no absolutely speaking of games that had sort of technical issues we kind of trollishly said that 2021 would be the year to play cyberpunk 2077 because yes. although it was it was out at the end of 2020 it was not ready at all um and no. was you know riddled with bugs it actually i think became one of the most played games this year on steam uh, so mm-hmm. i think that we kind of got it right there uh, in the sense that they have improved a lot of things i think they have now stopped working on continue on on improvements to 2077 that's I think, a shame. That, I think they've said that they're done on it now i don't they're have a source were. for that mm. i'm just sure i saw a headline at some point i mean it's a shame i guess not every game that has a very rocky release can have sort of that like herculean moment of 
re- being reborn into something better like no man's sky did for yeah, example yeah the thing is it's no man's sky you know small indie team you know they yeah. made we talked about this before they made so much money off that they could basically live off it for years and you know as a whole company of however big they were cd yeah. project red very different much bigger, in, you yeah. know in, in size and, and scope and scale and, and the game obviously as well you know was was I, the budget difference between no man's sky and cyberpunk was probably also enormous mm. I mean, I haven't played it yet. In fairness, no, so neither. that's one. That's the first of a few games on this list <laughs> that I haven't played. I do still. I would want to. Like, it's yeah, definitely something I think I'll enjoy. But maybe I'll need to upgrade the PC again first yeah. as well because I think it's another one of those games where, like, yes, technically speaking, I could run it, but probably not very well. Twenty twenty two is the year of you getting a PC upgrade. Hopefully, <laughs> hey, tell the Bitcoin miners to lay off a bit. And yeah. Maybe I could afford to. Exactly. Uh, another game that has come out in fairness, but. I don't think either has played, right? I'm pretty sure, is Back for Blood. Mm. Sort of the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, right? Yeah, I think I was sort of predicting that, you know, the kind of the amount of online, uh, like, land play that we were doing was going to continue a little bit into 2021, Mm -hmm. you know, with the group that we, the group of friends that we play games with online. And I thought that maybe Back for Blood was going to be something that, because we often play a lot of Left 4 Dead at lands. And I thought maybe that would be something that people would pick up and want to play. But I think, you know, for whatever reason, it's passed our social group by. Uh, mm. I don't know how successful it's been. I know that I think it was pretty well received. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I think it's just kind of like, I guess it's not like Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2 have gone. So to some extent, mm. you don't necessarily need to buy a brand new one when you've got those. Other, I think you that's just play probably the, the main issue, right, is the sense that you can still play Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. With quite a lot of mods as well, right? Right. And also it's either free it's been free many times <laughs> yeah. or it's still, still super cheap path blood's quite expensive yeah it's like a full price game it's like 45 50 yeah. quid on pc alone and then like more on ps5 and xbox yeah. one series x and stuff that's a lot of money yeah and i don't know like maybe it's a very naive thing to me to be saying about like how expensive these games are because we talked about this the other day how like we remember when games were like 30 pounds 40 pounds right. most sort of thing for a brand new release and now i scoff at a price anything above that mm. at all you know and even then i'd rather wait out for a 50 percent off sale or something and i'll still look and going hmm 20 pounds <laughs> a bit much you know maybe that's just become a cheatsgate i don't know but then equally so i play games this year like for example i've got nearly 100 hours in hades this year and that cost me 12 pounds mm. so would i play a hundred hours of back for blood. Yeah. Mm, Would you play four hundred hours, right? For because four no, times well, yeah, the price. Exactly. It's four <laughs> times the price. Yeah. I know you shouldn't look at it like that. I know that's not the way no, to kind of value it, your time with games, but it is a, certainly a consideration. Yeah, for sure. Like cost per hour, right? Is yeah. like a you know, it's definitely a, a is thing a metric to kind of keep in consideration. Yeah. One game that I I think I will probably play quite a lot of, especially with yourself, actually. Mm. I think. If it comes out, Ever. <laughs> is um, Dark Tide, 40k Dark yeah. Tide, right? Because we, we were looking forward to that. But even then, I think on the notes here, we've put like 2021 dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah. There's, don't think there's been anything really more concrete talked uh, about. I, do, I worry that this is going to quietly be shelved and it's not yeah. really in, you know, is, is suffering or is, you know, on the back burner, has been paused and is ultimately going to get cancelled. Because, I mean, Vermintide 2 is still very popular mm. and it still, it still has a lot of player fan base to it. And then also, I think there's just been a new Warhammer Fantasy, like Total War game again. Mm. Like that's doing, doing very well as well. So I'm guessing they're just not necessarily too fussed about trying to make another, yeah. like within the Warhammer universe just yet. So 
It's a shame because it would be fun to play, but there's nothing else to talk about that we haven't played it. <laughs> yeah. Another one was seemed to be well received. I haven't played. It's still on my list. I do want to pick up at some point is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mm, because you never played the original Mass Effect. No, Trilogy, I played a little bit of the first one a long time yeah. ago. And yeah, I this it's it's on my list. Uh, the problem is, is that there's such chunky games that it's mm. it's a big ask for like i've got to be ready to like devote lots of time yeah yeah you're looking about 60 hours per game yeah so yeah it's a, it's a very big commitment for all three of them at once when you think previously like these three games were released over the course of what like seven eight years yeah, or something exactly you know so yeah uh, i think it was really received pretty well like i think there was a couple yeah. of teething issues with things like the tech which was used in it to make it kind of like up and stuff like right. that it didn't work quite well in some areas but better than other games i'm looking at you gta gta yeah <laughs> But overall, I think it's done pretty well. Like they've managed to sort of like, you know, get the three games to feel like fairly similar experiences to one another because they're very, th- the three games are very different to one another originally. They all feel very different to play and control. Yeah. Whereas they've sort of tried to meld them together somewhat in the Legendary Edition. Yeah. But again, talk, like how we talked about for Back for Blood, it's just a bit expensive, mm-hmm. if I'm honest with you. Like yeah. the full price, it was like £60. I'm like, I already own these games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't really want to pay £60 for them. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And then a final one that was still something I'm definitely looking forward to is Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. That's That's got a confirmed date now, right? Yes, it's coming out very soon, in like a month. Yeah, um, it's like February 2022, right? Yeah, it is February. Um, So yeah, pretty close. We've had a few more sort of bits of gameplay footage, but not a huge mm. amount. I, Are you going to wait for it on PC? I don't know. Still, like I, you said last year? I said last year I said I would wait so I'd be playing it and be playing it this year. I don't know. I'll see. But you do have a PS5 now. We do have a PS5 now. So that sort of changes things a little bit, maybe. But Tony uses the PS5 a lot. So, <laughs> you know, that's, we would have to fight over it. So <laughs> it may be one that I just stay patient on um, and wait mm. and see. Then we also discussed a few like elements of the state of gaming last year as well mm. that we thought was going to happen. Some things have come to pass, some things haven't. We said that there was there'd been a pretty lackluster launch of the PS5 and that yep. maybe anything would change. Nothing changed, really. Yeah. I, I feel that the both are kind of the same, really. Nothing stands out to me on either of those consoles yet. Yeah, really. I think we've we've definitely we haven't bought a, a Series X, but we do have a PS5. You know, there have been some PS5 games, not necessarily exclusives or you know, or anything like that. But there's been a few bits and pieces, but I don't think that yeah, I mean, we're well into the life cycle of those two consoles now, right? Yeah, um, yeah, no and, more than a year old now. Know. So uh, I guess it's one of those things where like we're still looking at it from the point of view of something like, you know, an N64 and right. a PlayStation or a GameCube and an Xbox, etc. Whereas now these are very much just branded PCs and boxes. Yeah, exactly. um, and maybe we need to move away from like the lackluster launch ideal of like, well, of course there's nothing particularly interesting on them because everything has everything else on it. Right. Now. The exclusives are very like few and far between. And even then they're not, exclusive particularly to that console the only the only machine that still does anything kind of unique in that sense is the switch with nintendo because they are always like what does this do differently sort of thing so yeah ps5 and xbox one series x are both just they're just gaming machines that's all they Mm. are really yeah and we talked about the stadia and we said you know this this still hasn't sort of broken out and it had grown but not a huge amount it really it's it's all but dead i think the stadia really they it is still going i would have said you know i think halfway through 2021 i would have predicted that it would be gone by now Mm. but it is still there you know i think it stadia points still towards the stuff that we've talked about a lot about you know streaming streaming gaming and things like that like that is still growing 
it seems to be taking longer than I thought, given that Stadia yeah, came out. Yeah. I was then expecting, okay, well, this is it. This is like the start of the surge of, of, of stuff around streaming gaming. And it doesn't really feel like, I, I certainly don't know anyone that who primarily plays games via streaming, you know, no, as like a I method. Think in theory, it's a good idea, but in practice, the people who are going to be aware of this technology, the people that already own the machines to play the games themselves, yeah. and the people that don't own those that technology, like a nice PC or a PlayStation 5 or Xbox or whatever, are the ones who don't know what Stadia is anyway. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's the issue, is like they don't have a dedicated market to get to yet. I think also, to be honest, the tech inside consoles and PCs is outstripping the pace of broadband speeds yes and we're still not really there with that it's interesting though because you've got like netflix is like making noises about a like gaming type service um Mm. you know we are seeing other other companies really pushing into this nvidia as well microsoft you know sony they're all sort of like have a thing have a service of some kind somewhere but they're not pushing it no, I guess they're just sort of like, you know, setting the foundations for these things yeah. first and foremost. Like the technology, like you say, just maybe isn't quite robust enough just yet. Yeah. And the infrastructure support, it, I mean, we've talked about this on a million times on Oxford FM before, is still not necessarily widespread enough yeah. to make it worthwhile for people, unfortunately. One thing that we did see a huge growth of, as we predicted, is Game Pass. You know, mm-hmm. that is an absolutely it's become absolutely massive we've talked we've mentioned it in passing on on other episodes as well we sort of said that we would be interested to see similar services from other companies i know that sony have announced that they are going to do something along these yeah. along game pass lines fortunately we haven't seen people like ea and ubisoft get into it yet which is great uh really don't they, they kind of that. got their own like services you can pay for but they're much smaller and like cheaper yeah but also you get access to some of these stuff via microsoft game pass exactly so like for example if you have microsoft game pass ultimate i think which is sort of like their like higher tier version you get access to ea play or whatever right right so yeah like for me this is this is fantastic this is the future of gaming if you ask me like Mm. i think the idea of paying 60 pounds for a game every single time is going to go away and I think it will be a good thing overall because it means that these big AAA games that they want to charge like £60 for, you can play at a reasonable price of £10 a month or whatever. But those indie titles, you can still go and pick up for a tenner, you know, and that you don't feel too bad about that. But equally so, those indie titles now have somewhere they can go and live and be supported right. yeah, regardless really of whether or not they have advertising bucks behind them to get their name out because we're now seeing you know what we did see which i think is an interesting data point is the rise of like a 60 70 pound pc game which has traditionally <laughs> not existed right but the final <laughs> fantasy 7 remake on pc which is terrible yeah you know is also like the most expensive pc game of all time apart from flight simulator basically <laughs> you know in, in its base form so i think i think that you're right that maybe streaming you know, we're seeing this rise of pricing on one side, but also the rise of subscription, sorry, not streaming, mm. subscription services. It's an interesting combo because as a consumer, it feels like Game Pass is really cheap. You know, you pay £10 a month or whatever it is, and you yeah. get access to all of these games that, you know, like Age of Empires 4, which we want to play, is like £45 right now on Steam, even yeah. with a discount. Or I could pay for a month of Game Pass and play it for a month. And then I yeah, don't know how much I'm going to play probably enough time it. to keep playing it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. I don't know if I'm going to play 300 hours of Age of Empires 4. I'm probably not. You know, I'll play no, it every yeah. now and then, you know, and I don't really want to pay £45 for a game I'm initially probably only going to play a handful of hours of and then probably stop. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I'm I'm 
excited about the prospect of it, and I'm, but I'm sure there is going to be some some fairly negative elements to subscription services mm. as well. I'm sure that's going to cause some business models to fall apart. But then again, at the end of the day, as long as gamers get reasonably priced games and people who make games can continue being paid properly, then, mm. you know, I guess that's not a bad thing. Yep. We will see. But yeah, this will be a little bit of an extended soundbite. There was more to cover than we thought. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, stay tuned to next week for uh, our Games of 2022. And Tony joins and us again. And then come back in a year's time from now and listen to what actually happened <laughs> yep. from that episode. And uh, well, maybe this time we'll get it more right. You know, I don't know. We, we don't seem to be learning. <laughs> we don't. I think there's no, lots we're, of we're games that have been on, on these lists for like multiple years. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there probably has been. Uh, but until that episode, I've been Sephra. And I've been Gelada. And catch us again for another Octal FM soundbite very soon.